All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Here we go. Just follow us. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Some say I'm crazy. Yeah. Some say I'm ill. Yeah. Fuck you talking about. Yeah. Yo, chill. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. My name is Fonte. Yeah. I ain't hard to find. Yeah. And I'm not like Sally. Yeah. I got a two-track mind. Here's a little story. Yeah. About Sugar Steve. Yeah. She wanted diamonds. Yeah. Gave her the D. Yeah. No time to rest. Yeah. It's time to learn yeah. from hip hop's finest. My name is Diamond. Yeah. My beast the best. Yeah. I'm down in the A now. Yeah. Chill with my man Quest. You like that reverb at the end, yeah, don't yeah. you? Know what I'm <laughs> nice. Learning a new button every week. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Quest Love Supreme. Uh, I'm your host, Quest Love. I'm, you know, we're down here in the A in uh, Atlanta doing our um, 
first drafts of in-person episodes. It's been three years, and, uh, you know, glad to be with the fam. Spoke to uh, Unpaid Bill this morning. Oh, how's he doing? He's fine. He's chilling with Grover and Oscar and them on Sesame Street. On a Saturday. Wait, today's Saturday? Damn. Right, right. Nah, when I got in the Uber this morning, I was like, oh, damn, it is Saturday. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's... Mm-hmm. You go to work. You go to work. It's Saturday? Mm-hmm. I mean, Probably not be. when they're airing this, but yeah. I'm all, yeah, I'm just all messed up. No more days of play. Well, I thought it was Thursday. No, no. Ah, no. damn. Okay, it's like that. Anyway, how, how you doing, Lion? I'm doing, oh, I am doing great. We back in the A. I barely recognize it. I ain't been here in 20 years. I love it. I'm kind of mad because I'm here in the A, but I, I've yet to go to Strokers and probably. Is wow. that like a new stro- What's Strokers? <laughs> I don't even, what the hell is that? I'm from the Magic City Gentleman. You know what's, okay. So Nikki Club Nikki. This like, is what I'm learning about my Atlanta trip. Number one, you know, it, it was sort of a, a topic of the past, but now I get the feeling that people actually go to the strip clubs here just to eat. So I heard Magic City just up okay, their menu. literally everyone behind the cameras was yeah, like... Yeah, ain't like... I heard like somebody, somebody was like, said Magic, Magic City, City, they on Uber Eats. I was like, nah, nobody used to eat Magic, Magic City. I hear Magic City has the best wings ever. I, I hear that Diamond D got really quiet when we started talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. All right. Our, our, our guest today... I know I always say this. Like, this is one of my favorite shows. But any any chance that I get to nerd out on the production techniques that really drew me to hip hop and drew all of us to hip hop, no matter who you're like, it's it's always a good episode. And so this gentleman has been a force to reckon with even before his solo career, like the work that he's done. You know, his, his strong uh, city. I don't is strong city at all associated with Aaron Fuchs. No, not Anytime at all. Anytime I see the word not city, I just get... I know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm afraid even if I say the label, it might get yeah. litigious. So no, that, was, that was Jazzy J and Rocky Bucano. Right, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. It, yeah. You, no you, affiliation, though. <laughs> dog, the, the resume is strong. Like, some of my, my, my favorite producer moments comes from this gentleman. Years, I mean, we... All of his records. Uh, Sons, Blunts, and Hip Hop. Hatred, I got to ask you about the, your, your sophomore, hatred, right. passion, and infidelity, right. like Dime Piece, the, the Gotham, all, and now your brand new joint, The Review, right. which is excellent work. Right. Uh, you've been doing quality, excellent work, and sometimes it's easy to sort of take for granted. People do excellent work, and they often get overlooked, and when top five lists and top ten lists are named, and you know, sometimes a person's so effortless that you tend to to forget their contributions but you know that's what quest love supreme is for so that's it let's yeah. welcome the one and only finally finally Man. diamond d wait am i allowed to call you diamond d now of course okay number one <laughs> what's that can you please when, 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 I too, when were you never allowed no 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 but here's the deal i have the two lawsuit. versions of the album yeah. okay when it was like diamond d stump and then right. there was diamond right well it was diamond, diamond and psychic neurotics Diamond Neurotics, yeah. Diamond and Psychic Neurotics. So what was the situation with your name? It, was there another Diamond D, like, back in the day that I don't know what? Um, I'm not sure, but I think it might have been, originally, somebody that was signed to Weston Records. Oh, wow. Out Westin. of New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did Tony Gardner, Heartbeat. Like they was, You know, Hot Shot was on that right. label. But I think somebody had the name, yeah. Okay, um, okay. So, yeah. Well, you know, this is... 
my favorite nerd out moments on Questlove Supreme. So I'm going to start from the beginning. What was your first musical memory? Time out. Let me go to OG style. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in Manhattan, New York Hospital. Wow, I never heard Manhattan. any. Yeah, born Manhattan gets that, a yeah. gets a. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New York. All right. But so what was your raised first? in the Bronx? Okay. All right. Your first musical memory. Sitting in my uncle's room and him just playing music. He he had a large um vinyl collection, so I was just sitting in his room like eight nine years old and just listening to him play records. What was he playing? Um, everything mostly mostly funk, jazz, soul. You know what I mean. Shouts out to Gary. Was he was he very meticulous with the collection? Like I I've had an older cousin that was that way, but you couldn't touch the wax and you know he yeah was definitely like precious yeah know. definitely you know you know you had to he- hold a record like this with both hands right he's very meticulous about his vinyls okay. and then you know when i came along with the dj and, you know we had to put our hands on the record i was gonna say how okay so <laughs> i sometimes i try and explain to people the the trouble you know i mean it's easy now that hip-hop is in its about to be in its 50th year mm. for us to also take for you know for granted it's development and how, you know, far it's come. But, you know, I try to explain to people that a lot of those pioneers, you know, Flash got so much kickback uh, or pushback, yeah. if you will, you know, because the general idea was that you're going to destroy the needle right. or destroy the, 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 the belt drive or the turntable, uh-huh. like putting your fingers on the grooves. Yeah, <laughs> those are big no-nos. Yeah, I got punishment trying to... Uh, you know, like my first introduction to scratching, of course, was, you know, Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel. And, you know, trying to practice on my dad's, you know, while he's not looking and see what happens and you get in trouble. Right. But, yeah, like how do you discover what that is in in the Bronx? And were you, like, privy to any of those, like, block parties or anything? Oh, yeah, they were, like, right outside. You know, Explain I'm, it. Take well, us there. Mm, growing up in Father's Projects, um, me, Fat Joe, Lord Finesse, we would all see... DJs like y'all were in the same building, village, same or? same complex. But we would see guys like Grand with the Theodore, mainly Theodore. Um, Sometimes Flash. At that point, they were already making records, but we were able to just go downstairs and just see these jams going on in the parks. What was um, it? What was it like seeing? Because I'm assuming that you're too young for Harlem World, or correct. right? So I'm assuming that you're a 11 or a 12 year old. Correct. Seeing this, so what? How does the trickle effect happen to you? Like, were tapes a thing instantly, or how do you get the information? Um, just watching it firsthand. You know, you've seen people out there, you know, with boxes, you know, recording or whatever, but we, you know, I saw it firsthand. Um, you know, when Flash made um, Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel, mm-hmm. um, I had already seen him do some of that, you know, outside in the parks, right. cutting up good times, you know, shit like that. Um, but. Just being close in proximity to it mm-hmm. is what drew me. And in fact, Quest, um, when I was a little kid, whenever I saw the DJ reach for the Damn Right I'm Somebody album cover mm-hmm. by the JBs, you know, I would lose my mind because I knew he was going to play Blow Your Head. And that stick, like, even even now as an adult, that always sticks out to me. A lot of times people ask me, you know, what's the first song to draw you into hip-hop? Right. Um, I, I mentioned "Blow Your Head." It's, it's not a rap record. I know. It's just a, a break beat that was real popular. And as little kids, we would lose our fucking mind when that shit came on. Wow. So, all right. So Chuck D once explained to me 
the effect of that? Because I asked, like, why would you, like why was that the first record that introduced the world to Public Enemy? And he explained to me that you know, because okay, I grew up with an old like a father and older uncles and older cousins, right. and so they came more or less from the. I mean, I'm not saying like I inherited the critical thinking, but the way that you know, I'm sure a classic album comes out. Right. We all get together and discuss that shit critically. That's how they were, you know, because my dad was a musician and all that stuff. So in my household, James Brown was kind of over Correct. by 73. Okay, yeah. Like, my, I distinctly remember the very first album my dad panned, like, this is trash. He yeah. didn't like the payback. Yeah. I don't think he liked the idea of paying fifteen ninety. So typically, I guess, back in 73, 74, an album... Would run three ninety nine. A single album is like three ninety nine, maybe four ninety nine. Right, right. So when you're paying eleven, twelve ninety nine for a double album, mm. the first thing, and you know, I'm three years old, but my mm. dad's like, "Wait a minute, there's only eight songs on this record, right. and it's a double record, and mm-hmm. each song's like a meandering. I never knew what meandering was, right. but like, <laughs> by the time you get to the like side three, time is running out fast, whatever, like twelve minutes. Yeah. You know, he just. Right took it off and he's like i don't like this and so in my mind james brown was over in 74 but chuck d tells me he's like james brown commercially might have had his last heyday of string you know after popping on taking the mess but he's like in the hood we never stopped playing good foot and get if anything like we brought those singles back but it was just hood stuff but for some reason me myself i never liked blow your head because in my mind I imagined James Brown's like okay so Stevie Wonder got a moog and made miracles of it that's funny with him it was almost like I could see I could see like the bubble wrap on the floor mm-hmm. and him just and this is the thing even James Brown's musicians himself will say like he was the worst soloist of all time correct yeah but yeah. one of those guys where even he's wrong he's right so for him to do like all this like crazy soloing and whatnot right just never understood why y'all gravitated to that record. Right. It's just, just to have an instrumental that was fast to let B-Boys go off or... Yeah, that that's all it was. You know, um, I'm a little kid, so I'm not really thinking about the musicality of it. Right. But just the effect that record had when it was played at parties, like, you know, people would lose their fucking minds, you know, that little one part. Mm-hmm. Um, to touch on what you're saying, I did read where Fred Wesley said that um, James went in there behind their backs and he put that Moog sound Overdub, on. yeah. Wow. Right. He said it wasn't on there at first. Yeah. But yeah. the irony is that that's what drove it. Mm-hmm. By the time these young black and brown kids were listening to it, you know, in 78 and 79 at mm-hmm. these parties. Yeah, I was going to say, we, um, we're we now an, an, uh, an iHeart affiliate. And so... We're like limited on the times that we can play songs, but just for that you people know what we're talking about, this is Blow Your Head. Oh, thank y'all. So y'all was talking about that. Uh, yeah, we know that. Public enemy number. Okay, thank right, you. Exactly. We all like, okay, God, we here now. We here, we here. Yeah, so, you know, but this is also what I want to know. Do you have any memories? Because this is kind of the one thing that hip-hop pioneers really don't talk about, but... I mean, I I can only put two and two together that if it weren't for the blackout of 77, we might not have had hip-hop culture. 
because I'm just assuming that because of the of the looting esque oh, of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little kid doing the blackout, but uh, no, no, no. I'm not no, saying where you wait, been. But I have heard stories about a lot of equipment came right. into possession during the blackout. So you know, it it might it, it definitely pushed it along a little bit, right? But, but I mean, it was there before that. But what I want to know is how, because I I'm also aware that as the years and decades go by, right? Maybe revisionist history sets in and stories get exaggerated. But how officially loud were these speakers at these block parties? Were they like concert? Level size, or were you loud guys enough, satisfied with loud enough where you can hear them three blocks away? <laughs> How do you get power, electricity in a park? Street lights, Street lights I believe. Okay, lampposts. So someone had to risk their life, climb up a lamppost, or building. A lot of them knew about you know equipment, so they would um break into a lamppost, um get the power lines, hmm. and. Do some shit in the next thing. Now, I wish we had Kwame's dad here to explain. <laughs> right, right, right. Kwame, uh, yeah. Kwame's dad used to tell, like, uh, for the longest, Kwame's father would steal the neighbor's uh, gas. Like, he knew how to run a line inside of their uh, inside of their basement or whatever, and just Crazy. yeah, resourceful, resourceful people. Exactly. Oh, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how old were you when you officially? When you considered yourself like, all right, I'm going to get into this music shit. Like, how old were you? I would say about 12. About 12 when I asked my mom to buy me some turntables. Yeah. Did you want a DJ or you just Yeah, no, I was. I wanted to be a DJ. Oh, okay. I didn't care about ramen. I just, you know, I was, my whole focus was the beats, the break beats. I would just go to these, these jams and stand by the ropes and try to see album covers, you know, just how they find these little parts with the drums. That's what really like intrigued me. You know, all of these records with these little drum parts. So I was just drum crazy. When you were you a know. kid, what was the record store that was like the go to? The Wiz. Nobody, Nobody beats. beats the Wiz. The Wiz. And there was another store on Third Avenue. I remember the name, but the first break I bought was um Shangri La by Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. But we, we called it Paradise is very nice. And Irv Gotti, he mentioned it in the documentary. He said he used to cut that as a kid. And I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Um, but, yeah, that was the first joint I bought with my own money. So, this yeah, yeah, Shangri-La? Yeah. So, that's the Slick Rick? Da, 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 da. No, no. No, that's, nah, Frisco that's, Disco. Uh, that's Frisco Disco. But De La Soul sampled this on something. So, in your mind... Mm. What was it about it? Because in your mind, wasn't that disco? Wasn't disco off limits? Or no, no, no. A lot of breaks was disco. You know that. Super sperm was disco. Frisco disco. The Mexican. It's just begun. So what? So whatever kept people dancing long, that was good yeah, enough for you. I mean, you know, yeah. As long as the break was there. All I need is you tonight by Arthur Prysock. Yo, a lot of disco joints. Cerrone was a disco record. Rocket in the pocket. Really? It's a disco record. If you... Wow. Okay, wait a minute. All right, so would you spin it on 33 or 45? Well, I mean, 45, if you want to rhyme to it, but on 33, it speeds up. Right, okay. It's a disco record. Cerrone is a disco artist. I didn't know that Rocket and Pocket sped up. I'm Okay, so I'm one of those people, at least with the, the basic breaks, especially with the stuff that's more disco-fied, like 
I mean, there's two ways to listen to it. And I'm, yeah, like the first maybe 20 years of my life, I'm very guilty of needle dropping. Yeah. Mm, no, yeah, mm, no, right. no, Oh, there's a drum. And then right, that. right. But then, you know, those that are really into it, they study the song to figure it. So, like, what is your process of how much patience do you have? So when you go and you bend shop mm-hmm. and you get, come on with 400 joints or whatever. Right. Then... Is it like wine? Do you just let it sit there until you get to it, or it all depends on how intense? How much the patience was. do you have to like? No, they're not going to sit there too long. <laughs> you know, they're going. They're but in your mind, there. is there always a part that's usable, and you figure out? Because maybe with Dilla, mm-hmm. so Dilla told me he, he Dilla never made a beat on a Sunday. Okay, and he would house clean and do chores or whatever, and just have records on. And he said he'd do about three or four hours or whatever. It, you know, sometimes he'll record some shit and just listen to the car just and drive around. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, like, are you one of those people that, like, you'll listen to something over and over again until it hits you or you just... No, nah, I just go through it when I'm there. But when I'm there, I'm focused. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. How did you make the transition from, you know, DJing to then making tracks, producing? Well, most most producers started off as DJs. But to answer your question, I would say like around 1990, when me and Premier um, did Law Finesse's first album, The Funky Technician, 
Well, before that, it was uh, not, uh, Master Rob, I'm Not Playing. Well, well, I didn't produce that, but I bought the record. Ah, okay. I didn't know okay. how to program. Jazzy J programmed it. Oh, okay. But I said, yo, Jay, loop this part up. The Albert Bring King this joint. back for the hook. You know, put these guitars in the, in, in the chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know how to work it. So I got to ask you this question. Of course. And you know what I'm about to ask you. Okay, so for me, you know, and outside of New York, you know, I grew up in a, a 3,000 uh, record household, mm-hmm. of which, you know, truthfully, maybe only 10, maybe 15% appealed to me. Okay. And the rest was just my dad's boring stuff. Like, I'm not listening to Arthur Prysak and the Beatles and all this other right, stuff. Right, but, of right. course, you know, once I hear Nation of Millions, mm-hmm. then suddenly, like, I'm like, oh, that's dad's stuff. That's dad's stuff. That's stuff. Right. Now it's like I got to go through all them records, and then I discovered, like, oh, God, this is how they make hip-hop. Right. So here's the deal. Um, so I became a Bomb Squad junkie. Okay. Me too. And, I mean, for me, there's nine seminal, even though they've done more, but to me, they've done nine important documents as far as, like, their, their canon. Okay. And really, like, sampling laws kind of killed them off. And, you know, there's other inner issues in the right. group, but for real, it's like... For me, it was always, you know, Bun Rush, Nation, Black Planet. I do count, because they did a majority of it, Poison by BBD. Correct. Even the non-Bomb Squad sounds, right. songs sounded like right. them. Of course, America's Most Wanted. And for me... Just to my love. Yeah. And I'll, I now consider, um, you know, Terminator's first joint. Got but I've, yeah, but the last two records in their in their canon that I consider part of that document, of course, was Young Black Teenagers and Son of Berserk. Yeah. Now, when I heard Are You With Me, I thought that was like just one of the most craziest things I ever heard in my life. But didn't realize that they just put the needle on my record. Right. I was like, wait, you it. can you could sample it was so meta. Like they sampled a sample. Of you. I didn't understand that. So when you heard it, what were when you I heard thinking? That, I flipped the fuck out. But you so know. So it wasn't an honor like, oh my God. Chuck I mean, it was mixed feelings, honestly. But I turned to Jazzy J and I said, yo, these dudes just basically just rhymed over the instrumental. So, you th- know, th- but listen, um, Strong City was distributed by Uni. Right. Son of Berserk was signed to Uni. Yeah. But still, that's the, that's the master. How the publishing get worked out. Let me, all right, so let me play the 10 seconds I could play. Okay. Uh, That's my fucking yeah. record. Meanwhile, I'm dreaming like, damn, I wonder what part Eric Sad did. Like, because I see the Bomb Squad just as some, some synesthesia, like the way that the guitar stems are made. And then I heard what you did with you, and I was like, oh, damn. Right. They just took Diamonds, Joint, and looped it. Right. So what happened when you heard that? I went to Jazzy J. I pointed it out to him. Right. Because, you know, he had a vested interest in it, and it never went further than that. I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't know what happened with that. Um, I don't even know if, know if we were credited on the, on the publishing side. I just never looked back. Wow. What was, um at that time, I've read, uh, you did an interview. This was years ago. Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about Wild Pitch and um, Stu Fine at the time what was he like as a business band how was how did the wild pitch business structure work 
Well, you know, Stu Fine, I'm going to give Stu his props. You know, he signed Gangstar. He signed Lord Finesse. He signed Lord Professor and Main Source. Chill Rob G. You know, Stu Fine and his wife, Amy Fine, they had a good ear. They had a, they had a, they had a good ear for good hip-hop. Um, Stu never really did anything personally toward me, but being around my man Lord Finesse and listening to his grumblings... <laughs> You know, if your man grumbling about something, you're going to grumble too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, yeah. I took that shot. I made that one line at him. You don't want to make a pitch as wild. <laughs> he didn't really do anything to me, but, oh. you know. But just listening to um, Lord Finesse grumble all the time. Yo, I'd be like, damn, <laughs> You know. Ah, man. But shouts out to Stu Fine. You know, he actually. Um, I'm 10 seconds years old. He actually old, threw me a pass that. later on in life. On his LL track that I that I that I did. Anyway, is he still alive? Is, is he is Stu still alive? I, I believe he is. I'm not sure. Wow. I'm not sure. But Wild Pitch has a legacy. They do. Nah, straight up. You yeah. know, I'm leaving. Off, I'm leaving off some artists too. But um, yeah. Forty Five King. Well, no, no, no. I mean, he there he was, did Gangstars. Um, yeah. Bust the Move. Bust the Move, boy. You know what? Stu gave me two men back when search was working at Wild Pitch. See that? Um, yeah, Search was like briefly, I guess he signed OC to Wild Pitch, correct? Correct. I left out OC, that's right. Yeah. And we a lot were of great shoot- artists, a lot of great artists. We were shooting Silent Treatment on my birthday, and Search hit, hit me off with two mint copies of Bust a Move Boy. Nice. But I let them shit on a radiator, so oh, it's, it's worked. Oh, warped. wow. <laughs> Right. Shut up, Steve. <laughs> you gotta take care of your records, Shut man. Shut up, man. All right, damn. So um It was interesting is Premier wasn't producing yet. Yeah. The 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 pre the pre premiere right. gangstar. Right. But I was a forty five King fan, so Right. You know, he's one of my mentors mentors too. That was my joint. Um okay, before I get you know, I became aware of you, even though I knew of you and didn't know of you because on cassettes, they really weren't putting on credits and all those things. And, you know, I primarily bought my joints on cassettes, but... Did you leave um, those on the radiator, too? Yeah. Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> but can you tell me about the environment of, like, the record conventions and, you know... I'd, Friendly competition. Okay, just take me... When you just hypothetically walk me through, and y'all are talking about like vinyl right. conventions, so like they would they would set up record conventions in like hotels, like Hotel Pennsylvania, and right. yeah, you used Roosevelt. to go there. the Roosevelt yeah. also. Yeah. So okay, so you find out a record convention is coming. Right. What time do you want to get there? <laughs> and who's waiting in line already before you get there? <laughs> I mean, you liable to see anybody, you know. Uh, we did at 7 a.m. Kid Capri, Buck Wild, Lord Finesse, wow. uh, Rashad Smith, Jerobe, Q-Tip. Wow. You know, Dilla was there a few times. Pete Rock, um, your man Prince B. I heard, yeah, I heard Prince B. I heard Prince B would get monster. there early yeah. and, yeah. <clears throat> you know, Prince B, you know why he was winning? Because he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't negotiate. He didn't haggle. We all negotiating with dealers. Mm. Prince B, oh. 800? All right. You know. So they loved him. <laughs> On the mic. So they would set else, stuff aside every, for him. Yeah, they loved him. Everybody yeah. else was like, yo, yo, eight. How about seven? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we all in there trying to cut deals, but Prince B, I give him his props. You know, uh, he had no that idea without you money. He was good. Right. <laughs> okay, you know. so it's 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 friendly competition, but still the Wild West. Right. And you guys are panning for gold. Mm. That's it. In your mind, do you already know the dealer you want to go to? Like, how do you... Without the aid of yeah, well, you the know, computer and all that stuff, how do you, you know? After you've gone a few times, you, you pretty much know what dealers you really want to really wanna rock with. My um, I man John, 88 Keys, he used to be up under John all the time. Um, I forgot my man. Um, what was my man's name? Um, Bleaker Street Bob. Black dude. Yeah, yeah, Bleaker Street Bob. I remember him. I remember um, my man Bob from Boston. Mm-hmm. Me and Kid Capri, we like Bob from Boston. Bob had, he had the official, I don't know where he was getting these joints from, you know, um, but a lot of good memories. I remember when The Power of Zeus was out. Okay. And um, everybody was on the prowl for that. But I remember one year when it first came to our attention, it might have been like 20 copies there. And, you know, we all, you know, everybody that was in the know, we all got one. But um, those are good memories. I you know I remember them days forever. I, I was going to say, without you know, like I'll say the generation after you, which I guess that's where I come to play, or whatever. But you know, we were always going on these wild goose chases because of the whole biz. Uh, <laughs> I don't even have to say it, but uh, nope. you know, searching for these bellless. Uh, um, uh, yeah, 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 Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras, that was but the record. Yeah. What was a real record that was just like you heard about? And I don't, you know, I don't mean like the fake Bellas Mardi Gras shit, but like, what was a real like record that y'all were like you heard about or that sort of thing that you just had to get? Um, it varied from digger to digger, but for me, it was the Whipper Jenny. The Whipper Jenny album by Dave Matthews. Oh, Dave, okay. Dave Matthews was and not Dave Matthews band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I James Brown's Doom. former. Yeah, She's Doom. like, Shit I knew that. Yeah. Look at this. James Brown's um, <laughs> former um, uh, musical composer. director. Yeah. Okay. He was also attached to the D. Felice trio. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form, but he put out an album on People Records. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! It's the only psychedelic funk album. That was on people people records, so that was like always on my list. Besides the uh, show is funky down here record, yeah, that yeah okay, but that was James Brown. Right. But this was like an offshoot. That is crazy, which made it even more rare. See, that's that's another one. My my all right. So Christian McBride, uh, jazz guy bassist, his uncle was also James Brown freak and worked at a jazz station. Okay, and we were in high school together, mm. so we. Always had Chris had Whipper Jenny and oh, see? had so it was funky down here. Those are rare albums, well, right? The but Whipper we Jenny. we put them joints on. I was like, right. ah, this is horrible, that, right, and right, that's right. the thing. We were never in the mind space of something's on here right. that we can loop mm-hmm. and make it work. And only when I became older, I was like, ah, oh, so many joints on here. Right, but right, right. yeah, yo, can I ask a really maybe dumb fundamental crate digging question to There's both of y'all? Never any dumb question. Right. Okay, because I always. I couldn't never understood how you set the price point and how you know. I mean, I know rare issues are rare issues, but how you know that this record is worth this? What they say it's worth it. I, yes. How do you know? And especially when you just start now, how do you? And then is it a learning process? Um, it comes with years of digging. You know, you just you know albums you see often compared to ones you don't. Okay. 
But it's also, he's, okay, so there's, maybe I should explain it at the top of the show that what makes Diamond unique is, so the first generation of sampling, of course, you know, you, you got We this is why I always shout out Breakbeat Lou. Yeah. Breakbeat Lou basically took the fundamentals, like the easy stuff, mm-hmm. funky drummer, <laughs> impeach the president, like beats that you've always heard all, all your, you know, life on those early records, like. Up until the Marley Mall Rick Rubin period. So like up from up until 86, 87. So I'll say like the what we call the classic period of hip hop between 87, kind of 90. Yeah, the bomb squad era. Right. What what Break B. Lou would do was basically just make these compilation records, mm-hmm. put seven songs on each record, and then you buy that record and then you sample it. Right. Made it easy for dweebs like me. So I didn't have to go spend hours in in a in a goodwill, because I could just cheat and get the Wikipedia version of, of these joints. Mm-hmm. So then, I, you know, Diamond's part of what I call the, the, the first wave of renaissance beat makers, in which it's almost equivalent to... So basically, there's a cl- collective of producers that are like, yo, we ain't going to do the Captain Obvious shit and f- sample James Brown and Funky Drummer. Right. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do the hard shit and go in our parents' record collection and... Get this old, you know, Galt McDermott record. And, right. and so they made art out of, we were taking the chitlins, like the part of the, the carcass right. that, you know. Right. So y'all also made those prices go up too as the years went by. Correct. But that's right. No, but the thing is, is that I want to know. Now, once y'all, for me, uh-huh. uh, once they use some shit, now I'm the next generation after him. So when I go to the sound it. library, <laughs> would, like today's a, price. Take a, it's like, not today's like, price. Like my, yeah, Monty Alexander's uh Love and Happiness. happiness yeah. That's a great example. So after the Beat Nuts use that, suddenly that Monty Alexander record is seventy five bucks. Mm-hmm. And but I'm even not, before that, when Tip used it on Gangsta Bitch. Yeah, yeah. It was on the radar. So for those who know, what I, but what she she set me up for a good alley oop though. So what I'm asking is, were records super expensive if it hadn't been utilized used yet? All right. So say like there's a time before, let's say in '89, Eugene McDaniel's, right. where no one has sampled that record yet Correct. before Tribe. Right. Are you still paying 150 dollars for it? Because after Tribe used it, Amir, well, this is 150 bucks. Right. To a jazz collector, yes. I'm, if I'm a jazz collector, I'm not concerned what hip hop is doing. It's it's a it's still a it's still a a good body of work. It's it's vinyl. Um, Eugene McDaniel's he only made a handful of albums, so you know it would still be worth money. It all depends on the individual. Okay. You What's know? the most you spent on a on a record? Yeah, what, and what you use for? What do you use it for? Give me your top five yeah. most expensive joints. Man, I don't even know, Quest. Uh, <laughs> Whip of Jenny, that was one of them. Okay, because I was looking, I was looking for that. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, it's I just hard. have no it's clue of what the most expensive. Re- like I'm like, how far can it go? Can it be a thousand, fifteen thousand dollars? I mean, look on Discogs. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it doesn't have to be a breakbeat. It, it just be something that's a collector's Man. item. Yeah, I, I'll say. Uh, well, definitely. You know, like quality records are like seventy five. I'm trying. Maybe there was one. There's one ridiculous. Like normally, if it's mint condition, then it's whatever. Like someone tried to get me. You know, like maybe two hundred for 
back before they reissued the Sweet Charles. Uh, okay. And yeah. you were one of the first ones. Right. But you that, were one of the first you ones. Know, that was a break. You know, Yo, Deferral I heard talking to Parks. Did Pharrell ever talk to you about that? No, not yet. Oh, man. Like, so for him, the Shut the Fuck Up interlude yeah. was his favorite joint on... Uh, uh, Stunts and Blunts? Stunts and Blunts. Uh. So uh, him making... um. Drop down and get your ego on. Uh, uh, the the follow up to Hot in here, uh, Nelly's joint. Uh-huh. Like he was like, that was me trying to do my Diamond G joint. Ah, yeah, that okay. was like his his nah, his. Well, he always show me love, but he never told me that story yet. Wow. Yeah. How did you get signed? Get your deal as a MC? Mm-hmm. You know, to make your first record. I was actually doing um a demo deal for an artist they wanted to sign. The artist name was Joe Control. Okay. So yeah, I was um. Just just making the beats for him, like a two demo deal, and I rhymed on one of them. So, um, what were you making your tracks on at that time? Say it again. What were you making your tracks on? Making your equipment at, at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a a Kai nine hundred, <laughs> just a sample. Everyone has it, yeah. And a, I had an HR sixteen Elises. Wow. Okay. But the Elises it has sixteen pads on it. You know, eight eight. Mm-hmm. So I had sixteen triggers on the sample. It's on the sampler. How many seconds? Oh, with the nine hundred. Oh, plenty. No, I, I, you know, I did my album on that. I, I made FloJo on that. I'm, um, the score, punks jump up to get beat down. Anything between ninety two to ninety six, I was still using that. Wait a minute, you got to answer this question now. I know, like, well, first I want to know: Is it safe to say that you were Jazzy J's apprentice, like his protege? No doubt. No All question. Right, so your first generation Zulu. That said, please tell me, what is the drum machine that he used on Suicide for Busy B? That was um, the SB-12. No, that's not a stock joint. You trying to tell me that's a stock? The SB-12. Oh, the SB-12. Not the 1200. The 12. With the, the floppy just looked like a 7-inch. Like a Dog. I sat there and I watched Jay take Funky Drummer. One, two, three, four. Ding, link. Right. Link. Right. I lost my mind, yo. Man. Yeah, that, I lost my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and I just gave it away, but. Oh, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, we that's, know, that's yeah. basic, George. Right. So, so your first deal, how you uh, signed, how you were doing the uh, demo deal for. The, okay, uh, for Stunts Blunts or, or Strong City. Well, yeah, I guess start with uh, Stunt, Strong City. For Strong City? Mm-hmm. The MC in the group, his name was Rob. <laughs> Rob. Came to my house and said, yo, I seen Jazzy J in the projects. I said, nah, you lying. He said, nah, he, he right over there now. So we, <clears throat> I go downstairs, sure enough, Jay had on the first generation Def Jam jackets, the satin joints, all purple. And we met him. You know, this is this is around the time when um this is a little bit after Jazzy J had a song called Um Cold Chillin'. In the spot. Right. With, Cold yeah. rock stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Russell Rush. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with Russell. Yeah. Where he, he just talked trash on the yeah, Right. That's my shit. So, you know, he helped. He helped. He actually helped put Def Jam on the map. Along with It's Yours. And um, I believe he did. I, I, I need I, a beat. I believe he did. Yeah, I need a beat. Mm-hmm. You know, but anyway, we go over there and we meet him. It comes to find out um, he's friends. He's friends with a female in the projects. And um, he gave us his number, and 
we we went to see him a few weeks later and, and just developed a relationship. And then he eventually signed us. Okay. Yeah. But that's how it happened. You know, my man saw him in the Jets. That was around what year? Oh, that was like um, 88. Okay, that's 88. Yeah, 88, definitely. And then from there, how did, from that situation, how did you make it to, you know, Mercury to being, you know, uh, doing something? Okay, else? so after the Ultimate Force came out, didn't really blow up. But, you know, we, we made some noise regionally. Um, Man, they used to play that record in North Carolina. Yeah. Like oh, they, word? Bro, okay. it was a, it was a uh, show they used to have on uh, North Carolina. A&T was the black college in Greensboro where I grew up called the Full Moon Block Party. Uh. And they would play I'm Not Playing. And I didn't find out that it was, you know, you to like years later. I was like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. But I used to love that record, man. I was like nine. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the first record to incorporate the blues. Right. You know what I mean? And um, I used to cut doubles of that. The beginning, Albert King. Right. Um, I found it going through my grandfather's records. He had one, mm-hmm. just like maybe like eighty four. Right. So, um, my first year of high school. But I'm at this point. I'm still. I'm, I'm looking. I'm actively looking for beats. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh shit, this is nice." And then maybe a year later, I caught another one. But I used to cut it. So when we got through Jazzy J, I said, "Yo, we going. We going to flip this right here because you know nobody really." Fucking with the blues and get, you know it's it, it's a it's a funky beat, but that's how I got signed to Strong City. Um, how I got signed to um, for the Stunts Blunts. I was doing I, I was doing a demo for somebody. I rhymed on it. Mm. So about a month later, they call us down there. So I'm like, okay, I'm about to get a check for these motherfucking beats. <laughs> so I go down there like, all right, yeah, what's up? You know, da da da. They like, yo, we want to sign you. I was like, me. Oh, that's what's up. All right, you know, yeah. let's do it. I wasn't even really looking for the deal, but who who was it, the A and R at the time? Do you Brian know Brian Chin? Oh, Brian, Brian Chin. Chin. Yeah, he he, okay. he was he was a big shot over at Priority. Yeah, he signed Special Ed, um, all of those groups over there. Um, Brian Chin. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a little harsh to the MC that I was doing the demo for, but I think they might have just broke him up with some money or something. But um yeah, actually the deal just kind of fell in my lap. But yeah. Brian Chen, he he liked the music and he he liked what I was rhyming, you know, what I was rhyming. So and you really didn't have any intentions of rhyme like being an MC. Like no, nah, it was just something I did. Yeah, yeah. But around this time, I'm around Law Finesse almost every day. I'm around Grand Pooper Maxwell because he was signed to Strong City also in a group called the Masters of Ceremonies. So I'm they around were in Strong City. That's right. Sexy, cracked out. Right. That was okay. strong city. Yeah, yeah, yeah so okay. I'm a, I'm around these dudes and you know, it's just rubbing off on me. Even though my thing is DJing and still making beats. But I knew how to rhyme. And um one of the first demos I recorded was Best Kept Secret. And then when they heard that, they said, Okay, we we're gonna do an album on you. Okay. How yeah. long did it take for you to make uh that record? How long was Stuff Blunts? Yeah, yeah. Uh about eight months. Yeah, about eight months. And at that time, were they with samples and stuff? Was it was it just, you know, Wild Wild West shit, just whatever, or how did y'all handle it? It's just a collection of records that... In terms of clearances, like clearance samples, was they... Well, I didn't care about that. That was a label's job. Yeah. You know, at that, you know, back then, you just turn, turn it in, give them the names, you know, the names you want to give them. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that part. But what I want to know is... Were you 
conscious at least to avoid ultimate beats and breaks? Oh, definitely. Because what I, the part I didn't get out was the you know again like the reason why you're part of the the way and the Renaissance guys is you know there's Premier, yourself, Bars <laughs> Professor. That's at the Stunts Blunts. Ali and Tip. That's at the Stunts Blunts. Right, but I just right. meant when we're talking about the the what I consider the people that went outside the circle, what I call the Ivy League circle of sampling, where you guys are now acquiring records that aren't easily available. Right. That's what stands you guys apart. But back then, was it just a general rule like, nope, no more ultimate beats and breaks, no easy James Brown shit. Like, I got to find some shit that no one has and make some shit out of that. I don't know if it was general, but amongst that core group of diggers, we we had already progressed. And, you know, me living in the Bronx, a lot, like you said, a lot of the beats that Lou was putting on them records, we already knew about. Right. You know what I mean? So, well, fuck what you heard. I said, people always say, hey, we like the way you make beats. He doesn't use break break beats. beats. Right. (laughs) That wasn't a jab at Lou. That was just me being honest. Yeah, I guess. Um, You know, but. But it it pushed the envelope further. Correct. All right, y'all, you know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So in your mind, who of the initial renaissance crew and i'm talking pete i'm talking premier tip and ali large professor 
um, like, who did you consider, like, real nice with theirs? Like, I got to. Um, well. Like, did anyone ever no, flip I'm, some I'm shit? No, I'm the like, question. Uh, well, I got to start with Prince Paul for his work on De La Soul's first album, which really showed me, because at, at that point, it was a lot of James Brown, as you know, Quest. Mm. But that De La album in 89, it opened it opened the doors for me. Like, you know, there's so much other stuff out here that I knew about but really wasn't on my radar. So I, I got to shout out Prince Paul. Of course, Tribe Called Quest, their first albums. Jungle Brothers, all these albums influenced me. Out of the members you just named, um, obviously Pete Rock's first album. You know what I mean? And um, the work that me and Showbiz was doing. So, you know, you just take all of that in. And then... Um, Has there ever been a moment where... And again, like, you know, I'm I'm listening to it. Like, I don't, I don't have a deal yet. Right. So, anything you guys are doing are like, oh, man, this man is from heaven. But I know that there comes a time where, like, ah, man, I had that record. I should have used it first or whatever. Like, <laughs> has there ever been... That moment of like, ah, they got to it before I did, or yes, it's been times like that. Yeah, All right, and I know, name I know a record. I've, I've used joints that people ran behind me and used. Oh yeah, I was and, like New York and shit. Were bigger and, than when yeah. I did it. Yeah. What joints? New York shit, Buster. Fuck yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's one example. Yeah, yeah, that's one example. But I consider that an homage joint. Like if if fifteen right, yeah, years yeah, go yeah, by, yeah, yeah. he told me that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely that. Yeah, right. just the two of us, uh, Chub Rock. Yeah. It was, no. DJ Scratch said when he when he did that, he had never heard I went for mine before. What? what? He said he was on the road DJing for um, the Hit Squad in '92, and Stunts Blunts wasn't on his radar. I couldn't call. I couldn't call Dude a liar. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Chub Chub Rock. He used the Albert King joint right. after Just me. Over, yeah. Das effects. They want effects. I used that for Law Finesse right. first. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I can go I on and that. on. Yeah, yeah. Right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I, th- I think in general, a lot of a lot of people when they create, like, I think there are people that are creators and then people are listeners. Right. Like, I'm a listener. Right. So I'll absorb it. But, yeah, oftentimes I'll meet creators that aren't hip to, but that's in all parts of music, you know. Yes. Uh, You know, I would ask the revolution, like, was Prince sitting around like, ah, damn, I got to beat Thriller. And, like, that sort of thing. Like, was he? And I think Lisa told me, like, Prince listened to Thriller, like, for the first time in its completion. Like, I think when they were on, t- when the last tour, like, the parade tour in 86. Right. But for the most part, they had to put him on to shit. Right. My Actually, joint off the record, my favorite joint off Stutz Blunts was Check One Two. Ah, that was like yeah, that's, that's my favorite joint too. Really? Yeah, just the feel of it. Yeah, and like I, I always the thing I always like about you because you know I think with producers, I think there's something about producers that rhyme that y'all have an understanding of just really using y'all voices as an instrument and like complimenting a beat rather than just I'm a bar you to fuck up. You know what right. I mean? Like you, Pete. Dilla, rest in peace. Like, you know, y'all all had a thing. And so I wanted to ask you about one of my favorite verses of yours, like, ever. It wasn't even on your album. Mm-hmm. The way you started off Runaway Slave, still digging, mm-hmm. going back on the block with my name ain't Quincy. Right, right. What do you remember about that session? 
or in the making of that album? Because that's like in terms of y'all's crew, like that album. Those, is, those were good times. Yeah, you know, we all we were all in the studio together. Um, I wrote it on the spot. <laughs> okay. You know, and um, Quincy had that album out back on the block. You know, so it was a cultural reference. You know, a, a pop cultural reference. Um, yeah, I mean, shit, it, it's crazy. Those those a lot of good memories. Yeah. You know, back when we all we we were just all forming. We already we already we we had already known each other for years. We all grew up with each other, but around that time, we was like, yo, you know, we can all come together, try to form. You know, and um, make a statement. You know, and, and um, I, I would definitely say DITC definitely pushed the culture forward as far as you know, trying to dig for music that wasn't touched already. Yeah, what, you know, just trying to stand apart. I'll say the the first time I was really aware of your existence, like for real, of course, is in a lot of us. It was. Uh, show business on the low end theory. Correct. How did that come? How did that? That's come crazy. In? You know, I went there to play beats for Tip. <laughs> I had chopped just up to the, play him some beats to. Yeah, I went. You know, I went there. I chopped up this Jimi Hendrix joint, and he was really feeling it. And he knew I had a deal. Mm-hmm. And Poobah, Poobah was on the track originally, mm-hmm. and um, the label felt he said some things he shouldn't have said. And um, Tip said, yo, Pooh, you know, I really want you on here, but the label wants you to, you know, change, change your verse, verse up. Okay. And, you know, Pooh by 91, 92, Pooh by was like, I ain't changing yeah. shit. Uh, couldn't tell him anything. You're <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Now, the guards, Sadat X and Jamal, they like, shit, we want to be on this fucking record. You know, we love Tribe. So while I'm near, Tip is like, yo, you want to be on the joint? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> I wrote it on the spot. That's a, yeah. that's a notable. I mean, even though it's not a debut, right? But for a lot of us, we feel like that was like well, your. Well, that preceded your... my album, right? So it was like an alley oop. It was a great setup. It was a great setup. You know what, kids? What's up, what Uncle? It's time for the return of. Yeah. Oh yes! This is oh yes! That's oh you thought I was going to have Dion? You thought we was going to have him on the show and and not do a round of bitch? You guessed it, kid. It's been a minute. All right, so I do this to every beat maker that I respect. Okay, in which you know, again, I'm (laughs) adhering to the rules. No, you're doing good. I'm just making sure they're listening. I know it's like I feel like there's like 42 warriors in the. Already cleared it with Jake. He knows what time it is. <laughs> we good. All right. So, one, I'm going to upgrade the game because Fonte always insists on playing. Even no, though I'm, I'm not like, playing. I ain't going to play. No, I'm going <laughs> to let you win this, too, because I've upped the game. This is what happens when you're on, when you're on uh, in quarantine and COVID. You think of new ways to. New rules. So, I'm, I'm the bitch who can't guess it here. Is that the idea? <laughs> yeah, Everybody yeah, can all play of you, me. All of you in. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play uh, a list of Captain Obvious songs, of which I've isolated a specific part to see if you can identify the sample. I think I think you're up for this. This one's very easy, and I'm allow I will allow two clues because you know. Yeah, I need it. That's all right. I all right, it. let's go. All right, sample number one. What is this sample? And I've detuned it to throw you off. Let me know when you need a clue. 
I don't even know what detuning means, so. <laughs> oh, that's uh, uh, it's uh, it's. I don't want to. I know. I don't want to say it. If you know, I know what it is. It's uh, it's uh, well, he's playing. Say it. It's uh, it's walking by, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Here we go. Detuned. Number two. Oh, I got that. Say it. If you know, say it. I'm not right. I'm not right. I was like, say is it. a ball involved? No. Okay. Sounds like ball. So I don't know why I thought that song. I don't know what that is. Oh, man. Okay, let me go. Uh, okay. Is that Brenda? Oh, okay. No, no. I wouldn't. Press Constructions, The Messenger, used on NWA's I Ain't The One. All right, that, that was a little advanced. I'm sorry. Okay. Number three. Not from that uh, little piece. I don't know what that is. Uh, hold on. Oh, that's uh that's uh mm, 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 mm. it's Scarface used it for money and the power. I don't I don't know the original break. Yeah. Love Serenade Barry White. Damn, maybe I made this a little too advanced. It was a right. detuning. It was a detuning. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> See, I, I gotta throw off the smell first, man. Yeah. I wanna come out I the like, gate, I Captain like Obvious. I like All right, here we go. Number four. Is that um? Uh, I hear the end of that snare. It's a uh, good old time funkadelic. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't say nothing. That's the funkadelic. Um, yes. Good old music. Good old music. Good old music. Good old music. Yeah, yes, you're correct. Time. That is magic uh, tones first. Right. By the magic tones. All right. Yes, you're right. Boing. I just found <laughs> that 45. I was like, what they the both, fuck? Both on westbound. So. Right. And that's even better. Yes. That is even better. And I got to talk to you about your 45 game. All right. This is uh, number five. Is that James Brown? Nope. Um. Oh, that's uh Bill Withers. Uh, oh no, it's a uh, Harlem. Close. Yeah, use me. Ah, so oh, use me. Okay, okay, okay. You was right. Okay, okay. I was. I was in Damn. the neighborhood. What the fuck in the detune? I don't. All right, let me not detune it to not throw you off. No, I right. like the detune. I, I'm yeah. not you. You winning? <laughs> okay. <why? laughs> Can everybody get a fair chance sometimes? All right. All right. These, uh, you know, I mean, the, you know, of course, I just detuned I them. One, and I could have got that one Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think you could too, Dino. Number six. Uh, I don't know this one. Um... Steve, you don't know this? Oh, it's jazz. Look, no. Steve, oh, okay. Not, <laughs> you asked Steve. <laughs> it's not many. It ain't many. Um, 
no idea. Is it Mavis Staples? Ah, oh, crazy. Eddie Kendricks. Ah. Wow. Eddie Kendricks. <clears throat> yeah. The little snippets, like, you yeah. know, that's why he won't, he won't play two seconds. <laughs> well, I'm only allowed to play two seconds, so. <laughs> right, right, right. That's, that's like a half of a second. I think, I think, I think. All right. See, now I feel bad for this next one because it's only the reverb, but. All right, I won't detune this one. Then, see. Every song I hear is, I think it's Brenda Russell. <laughs> I mean, that's a really good guess, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I Oh, that ain't, no, I have no idea what this is. I don't know this one. Really? Oh, wow. Chris Jones, Night Clubbing. I don't know that one. Good one, good one. I didn't even know she was the first one to do that? I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's her record. That's her record, yeah. I did not know that. Shout out to Sly and Robbie. Right, that's right. So the kings. I, I I would say that uh, when Miles Davis's uh, ex-wife Betty Davis, she signed to Island Records in '77 to make a fourth record that was supposed to make her a star, but because she's so headstrong and producing and writing her own joints, he dropped her. And then uh, um, uh, uh, Chris, Chris Chris Blackwell. Okay. And then um, you know she just faded into obscurity, but basically. Um, Slime Robbie had brought Grace to his attention, and wow. instead he signed Grace Jones to Island Records. And oh, crazy! The nightclub was supposed to be Betty Davis's record. I mean, not. Wow. I, I don't know. For, I mean, Chris definitely had visions on what he wanted her to do, right. but like part of her story was like I write and I control. She got the Commodores record. Like I, I didn't realize like it was her songs. For the Commodores that got them a deal with Motown, they offered her a deal, and she's like, "Do I own my publishing?" They're like, "Nope." She wrote that Harlem song that I used for uh, the Chambers Brothers. And, yeah, and the, yeah, Like, she wrote a whole bunch of songs, but oh, then wow. they'd be like, yo, you want a deal? And she's like, if only I own my music 100%. So because she was so headstrong in the joint, they right. just kind of got blackballed. Yeah. All right, these are my last two. Okay. And I won't detune it. Scheme, Number eight. This game's freaking me out. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's two events. Let's go. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, that's uh, that's Jimmy Dennis Hero's Jimmy Daniels. Yeah, that's Eugene McDaniel's uh, Freedom Death Dance. All right, this is one that all of you should know, and I am detuning because I feel like it's Captain Obvious. Sly Stone, close but no. I'm out. The airport? Oh. Um, is that one, two, three, four, five, seven, point of scissors? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I could tell in your eyes, Laya, that you kind of knew where it was. All right, oh, I will go home and retool my game, <laughs> damn it. No, it was fun. Has anybody won this outside of Fonte? Any of our guests? Do you remember? Fonte always beats them all. I mean, tip. <laughs> Just, I think Just Blaze was the the closest. Just, yeah. And Pete, Pete was pretty good on two weeks. Pete wasn't. Well, I was unfair to Pete. I was doing like hi hats with Pete before I yeah. just do like a hi hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pete knew him too. That was what was crazy. Right. I was gonna ask you um about your second album because cool. that was the one for me. Like, I mean, that was like my album. It was you know I was what's, I think like sixteen when that came out, right. and um 
by of all your singles, man, the hiatus, right, bro, like. Talk about putting out that album at a time because this is ninety seven. Well, ninety seven. That was right. ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was, is like the hit. This is like Bad Boy. You know, like right. all the all you know what radio was. So how did you figure out kind of your lane in the midst of all that? Well, the plan was to just you know still still do Diamond D, but um, just had you know to have have a little more radio accessible joints compared to um, Stunts, Blunts, and Hip Hop. Um, so, uh, I did the joint with, uh, with Veronica, Cream and Sunshine. She was signed to Mercury Records at the time. Okay. Um, but yeah, good memories, the hiatus. A lot of people thought that I, that I sampled Swahili Land for that. And I was Gene like, showed me that record. I was when like, I nah, was, bro, it it's not that. You know, um, hey, me and Dilla, we both, we both influenced each other. You know, Dilla went on, Dilla has gone on record to say, um, I was one of his influences, you know, the same with Pete, same with Premier, you know, we all influenced each other, but that was not Swahili land, you know, for those who know where the sample came from, y'all know, um, but yeah, and you know, that album, what I learned was, in the process of recording that album was, um, you know, we all, we all want to be signed directly to a major label, but in hindsight, I should have stayed with the label that signed me, which was chemistry. chemistry. I should have stayed with them because they were the cheerleaders. And when I was on Mercury, I was just another artist. Mm-hmm. They were excited about me, but they weren't as excited as the people at Chemistry Records were. Chemistry, they were your translators for Mercury. like they Right. Well, they, I was signed to Chemistry first. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian Chin was over there. Yeah. So he was the one fighting for me. Once I'm with the Mercury, you know, um, Hanson is over there. Brian, oh, wow, no. yeah, because it's the Brian middle of nowhere. Yeah, Brian, oh, no. Vanessa Williams. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, Blase, they did oh, I think Blase. the only, they <laughs> had, I think the only, they had, it was Ill Al Scratch still over there at that time? They Ill-Al, were over yeah. there, yeah. you know what I mean? The but, roots were know. almost there. Word. Uh, oh, really? Uh, we, remember I told you that we got the contract and oh, they yeah, spelled yeah, our yeah, names? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Mercury? So, yeah, Brian and um, uh, Kenyatta Bell. Kenyatta Bell. We signed. We even went to the Jingle Jangle. Right? We went to the, the Jingle, yeah. uh, Jangle video shoot that Friday. They took us out to dinner. And we're like, yo, man, we're going to be down with Black Sheep and everything. And this yeah. is the first time I'm hearing Jingle Jangle. Right. And that the way the piano just dropped down yeah, and shit. Yeah. We just like, yo, we made it. We made it. And we get the, we get the contract. And because they misspelled me and Tariq and Malik's names. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, that clerical error. Right, but crucial error because I guess when three or more people in the party are misspelled, they have to give you a new contract. Uh, Kenyatta's uh, assistant forgot to FedEx us uh, Thursday to Friday the new contracts. So they were like, all right, look, we'll send it Saturday delivery. You'll get it Monday. You'll be cool. And that gave Wendy Goldstein enough time to land a plane and we horse and pony show we didn't think we was going to sign to this shit, right. so we just asked for the world, and she gave it to us, and right. we were like, uh, "Okay, yeah. we're going to Geffen," right. and literally that's what happened. Right. I got, might, that that might have been the better move anyway. In hindsight, I'm still here. All right, y'all. You know what season it is? Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money... 
What I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I want to ask you two specific records, uh, two of my, your favorite records in, my ca- in your catalog for me. Um, Feral Munch, uh Shine. Ah, right, right, right. People don't talk, people don't mention that record. Man, listen. They mention the light more. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, right. we can talk about the light, but yeah, like Shine, that was the one. Yeah, um, yo, March is like, yo, you got you got something for me, D? I was like, yeah. So, you know, I sent them like two joints, and I was one of them. I didn't really make it necessarily with him in mind, but I knew something like that that's bouncy. The way the bass line bounces off the um, keys and the xylophones, that, that he might like it. You know, and um, that's that's one of my favorite joints that I ever produced. Nah, that joint, I love that record. That one, and also, as well, um, oh my God, I, I just lost it. Well, the score, but uh, it's a recent one. It's Magic. Evan, uh, with Al uh, and Al, and Evan Al. Right. Al it sounds like Nautilus, but it's not. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Talk yeah, about yeah. that one, man. Was that just... You just sent it to him? Like, how did that come come together? Yeah, I just, you know, I just sent them the joint. And, um, you know, the, the Step Brothers, that was mm-hmm. Alchemist and um, yeah, Evidence. Man. And um, they were like, yo, we, 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 want, we, we want to touch this one up. Yeah. And um, once once they laid the vocals, I added the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, man, what's the name of that group? Um, it's magic, magic. Um, right, right, right. Uh, well, what's the name of that? What's the name of the group? That, that's bad. Yeah, something for the fearless for the fearless for fearless for. Right, right, right. My bad, my bad. Yeah, but I knew. But that's when it came together. Yeah, dude. But, um, we, yeah, that's crazy. We got to talk the score though. I mean, we got to yeah. Talk, yeah, yeah, like the score. Wait, so. I got. I got to kind of mention something. Yeah, even though. There was like a little friend. There was a little occasional friendly jabbing between the two groups. What groups? 
The Roots and the Fugees. Oh, okay. But, you know, it's weird because in this age, in this age of um, misinformation, you know, you hear something and you think and you act on things without verifying first. Right. Like mad people get in our ears like, yo, man, I heard the Fuji system. But everybody was in our ears the day that the score came out. And at the very beginning, Wyclef says, you rock it live, but you ain't saying nothing. And yo, that... Like, if I could just go back and tell 24-year-old Amir and Tariq, like, dog, verify some shit first before you bust a shot out. Mm, But in our minds, like, we were already already hearing shit. Mm, I mean, again, we were friends. No, no, we toured together. We were friends, but it was definitely like, oh, they're going to blow up for real, for real. And when we heard that, we're like, yo, you think that we had, like, conversations like yo are they talking about us you rock it live but you ain't saying nothing whatever oh wow. that's from I, one I mean, of the, that, that, that's, that's from one of the earlier records i know that, that. scratch now, yeah. I, the, the, yeah, so shout out to salam remy for putting me on the yeah. heat but it was after the fact and so we In might have made head. a song called what they do oh, <laughs> about that <laughs> so that's oh, wow. i never knew and ironically today is the 26th anniversary of Philadelphia half life someone had to remind me i didn't, oh, that's I forgot about congrats. that congrats yeah. yeah happy anniversary yeah, yeah. dude i yeah but talk about where, when has have you ever played a beat for an artist that they front on that you had to give another artist or yeah that, hell yeah like who should have gotten what I'm not going to name names, but yeah, Never it happened. Yeah, no, 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 but it happens. You know, somebody passed on something and then somebody, you know, hey, it's just like, it's just like women, right? Was one man's trash, the next man's treasure. Right. You know what I mean? Just like men. <laughs> yes. Right, right. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Definitely. That, that too. That too. From no downtown. No doubt. <laughs> Damn. Like, you you <laughs> shot that right the last second. Like, stuff. Dude, yeah. before we wrap, I got to talk. Dude, for let's me. Let's do it. Let's do it. For me, man, first of all, can you on on streaming? I can't find grown man talk nowhere. Uh, yeah, it's not on there. And that to me, I gotta put it on there. You must. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, I feel you like always you, like the fifty ways. No, uh, I, uh, time will heal you. Like that whole. Hit, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Just the whole joint. The whole like jo- like okay. us. Right, 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 right. What y'all hitting? Like just that whole joint. Yeah, because it, it came it was from a mixtape. Yeah. But it was so unexpected, and right. I wasn't expecting it. Right. And But for you, why do you... Because even with the rear view, like, you're still... After a while, like, after album number five or number six, most cats might just phone it in mm-hmm. and be like, all right, you'll give me, like, $7,000 for a quickie record here, whatever. But when I still hear your stuff, it's like you still care. Right. And... But for you, like, what keeps you motivated, like... In your mind, are you like, yo, I'm going to fuck somebody up with this in the way I flip? <laughs> yep, yep. Like, even the way you did the joint with Poss on Review with the Flying High Commodores joint. Right, right, right. That killed me, man. Because I uh, didn't even think about that shit. But, like, how long have you had that in your pocket? Flying High? Yes. Uh, oh, wow. It's always been back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just never really got to it. And then when I, when I, when I approached Poss, he said, yo, send me a joint. I said, you know what? I'm going to flip that I'm going to flip something that I can hear Daylight Soul on. And that's definitely I can hear Daylight on. And, you know, as soon as he heard it, he sent me the verse back maybe like 48 hours later. Wow. Yeah, just like once a year, somebody will loop something 
that's just like right. it's been not a loop. Sent. It's just different parts. Well, not loop, but just use a part that just like ah, why not think about this shit? Yeah. Oh man, I would I gotta ask you, Ed OG busted and alcoholics the next level. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The baseline, the baseline. Talk about you know what? Yeah. I forgot about that, but somebody brought that up to my attention not too long ago. I guess because Ed OG's version didn't really do what it's supposed to do. Um, I changed the drums up. That's right. I changed the drums up, and the licks picked it up from there. Wow. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna tell you something else that that y'all might not know. There's a song. There's a song by um Sadadex called Petty People. Okay. You know that song? No. It's, it's on the Wild Cowboys album. I got it. Pull it up real quick. Play, play, play a quick second. All right. I made two beats on this day. That was one of them. And the score was the other. Wow. Yes. Okay. But I kept the same drums. Yeah. And this is for my people in the room Where I grew and went to school Like this I remember this one Ah uh, Right, right, right I remember yeah. this one Ah, yeah, that is It is, wow, okay But also in a glass house Don't throw stones Speaking of, of Ed OG, man Yeah the, the Streets of the ghetto, Jordan, man Oh, that was crazy But this is, this is what I want to ask you Because That specifically How were you like, what is your micro-chopping game into? Because there will be some joints mm-hmm. that will fluctuate uh, speed-wise in, as far as looping. Mm-hmm. I happen to know that the source of that sample right, right. is 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 one of them things where I can't loop it perfectly and my chopping game wasn't good enough. For the, you know, it wasn't like we had Ableton to just right. stretch a joint or whatever. Right. But, like, how aggressive are you to force something to work because that's definitely one of them joints because I it wasn't the looping part right. it's just the fact you, when you gotta add drums and everything on top of it right. then you realize oh my shit might be off or whatever right. and that's that particular loop on uh, Streets of the Ghetto right. that and I'll play a little bit right right that's the, even yeah. there I hear a little yeah. gap in there right. where right. Right. but for you like how determined are you to make some shit work, like, as far as your chopping game and... and I mean, if, if I can loop if I can loop it, or if I can create a loop, I'll be able to put the drums under it. You know, um, that's that's the easy part. It sounds easy to, to just the, the, the regular ear, right? but knowing the frustration of there's some records in which you might find that magic bar, four-bar loop. Right. And then they might fluctuate or whatever, and unless you're good at micro chopping, right. you might well, be asked yeah, out. That 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 loop right there, that was just a two bar loop, mm-hmm. and the drummer was pretty on point for that. But there are there are some there are some joints where the drummer's a little off, and you have to really like go in between, right? You know, and do what you do. I feel you. Yeah, you came to Atlanta, you know. And there's a slew of New Yorkers that have migrated down south. A lot of them in North Carolina and whatnot. Right. What is it like? What is it about this city that attracted you to come here? And do you it, feel honestly, like a stranger? Just, I I didn't come here for the music. I came here because you know I looked at what three hundred thousand would get you in New York, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I looked at what three hundred thousand would get you down here. 
I didn't come down here. That's for the everybody's mu- first motivation for yeah, real. I didn't for come real. down here for the music. Yeah. I was already coming down here doing a lot of work with Dallas Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, illegal, yeah, Joy, illegal. Joy yeah. Shades of Lingo, Illegal. Mm-hmm. Me and Eric Sermon. So I, you know, I was already down here. But um, the house I, I had, you did crumb snatches. Yeah, we right crumb snatches. Um, I had a, had a nice house in, in um, not far from Livingston, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Nice spot. Um, I sold that. Property came tax down crazy here. in Jersey, right? <laughs> no, and just just um, what you was able what you were able to get for your money back then mm-hmm. is what really led me to come down here. How long have you been down here? Um, since two thousand nine. So you've been down here for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. from the A. So do you feel like a stranger in a strange land based on no. what you do for a living? And uh, well, you know what? All right. They don't, you know, Boom Bap does not thrive down here. There is a Boom Bap scene there, here. Yeah, I was going to say, is there? Yeah. So when you do your 45 sets and all that stuff. Right. I don't really, I don't really do them here. I travel and do them. Okay. You know, um, I have done 45 sets here, obviously. But just as far as being an artist, you know, you know, I'm still basically, you know, a boom bap artist, for lack of better words. Um, so, you know, if you're a boom bap artist, you know, you live on Sirius XM. You right. got to just be comfortable with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, it's just it's just real talk. It, it doesn't matter if you live in Atlanta or, or any other southern city or west coast That's city. your platform. Yeah. Right. It's just the music that I do. Is it hard to not get influenced by the culture? Like, we've spoken to DJ Drama, who was like, yo, I'm straight backpack, blah, yeah, blah, blah. But time, once he yeah. moved down here, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I got to adjust. Yeah, well, yeah, he he did what he had to do, and right. you see where he's at now. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to Drama. Um, but, yeah, you know, hey, well, you know, it, it, Drama, when he came down here, he was a DJ. Right. I'm a producer, so it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um. But um, definitely, you know, it, it it rubs off. It rubs off on you. You realize that, mm, contrary to what people believe, mm-hmm. there are people down here who are who can spit, right? You know, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. whether you know is is trap or drill or boom bap, whatever. Okay. You know, just you know, stereotypes are, are just that. I feel you. Um, but you know, it's a good balance for me to be down here because I'm you know I'm up in New York almost every month anyway. Okay. You know, for the past 10 years. Well, brother, man, yo, thank you. We we finally made this joint happen. Yeah, no and, problem. you know, I'm just, I'm happy we finally got to come and give you your flowers and nerd out on, on, on your history and your catalog, man. Mm-hmm. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me, man. Diamond D, ladies and gentlemen. Quest Love right. Supreme. <laughs> All right. So on behalf of uh, Sugar Steve, Lightyear, Fontigolo, and Unpaid Bill, this is Quest Love. This is the Immortal. Diamond D. We'll see you on the next go around of the Quest Love of Supreme. Peace. Quest Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. 
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.